What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Disciple Makers Podcast by Discipleship.org, and this is your grateful host, Dave Stovall. Just a reminder to everybody, we are taking a break from our usual journey down the track sessions from most recent forums, and we are doing some fresh interviews about disciple-making culture with various partners and speakers and leaders within the Discipleship Network so that we can lead up to the very next forum happening this year. In this episode, we've got Shadonke Johnson, Matt Dabbs, and our point leader, Bobby Harrington, talking about their roles and strategies in implementing a disciple-making culture in their lives and organizations. They discuss the importance of discipline, daily prayer, devotion, and deepening your relationship with God to truly become a follower of Jesus that inspires others around you to do the same. Let's jump in and hear from Shidanke, Matt, and Bobby, and let us inspire and encourage us today. Enjoy the episode, everybody. All right. Well, I'm excited about the interview today with Shidanke Johnson and uh, Bobby Harrington. Uh, as you all mostly know, that Bobby is the point leader at discipleship.org, and he's done a wonderful work there and has been a tremendous influence on myself and my ministry, my discipleship. Of course, Shidanke Johnson from Sierra Leone with uh, New Harvest Ministries there and the, the movement that has taken place in Sierra Leone. I've also been greatly influenced by him. I, I just really love his heart and I can't wait to hear what they're both gonna share in uh, the interview today. And so let's just kind of jump right into it. There's a, a paradigm shift that Shidanke has showed to Bobby and Bobby's gonna share a few thoughts about how that's really helped him and his, uh, his ministry. Thank you, Matt. And uh, I'm thrilled to be here with you. And, and especially because I don't see him as often, Shadonke Johnson, who is actually right now in the USA. He's in California, but he's normally in Sierra Leone. So we really are grateful to have him with us. I feel like I'm John the Baptist, and I'm setting up somebody who's imitating Jesus, who's Shadonke. So let me jump right in, Matt. And this season, this will be the second podcast in our season on disciple-making culture. And I'm so excited about the conversation because culture is so important. So I'm just going to hit a couple of highlights. I want to show the paradigm, uh, tell everybody how Shadonke rocked my world, uh, help me to see it more clearly, and then we want to hear what Shadonke has to say about it. So culture is the way things are done in a church. Culture is habits, it's beliefs, it's practices, um, and culture transcends and is more powerful than strategy, than goals, than techniques. In fact, it was Peter Drucker who said, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And then the former CEO of IBM said, actually, Drucker understated it. Culture eats strategy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So what is culture? Culture is the values, behaviors, and practices of an organization formed over time. Uh, uh, Somebody else said it this way. Culture is how we do things around here. Mm. It's it's just who we are and how we do things. Mm. Now, there's three parts to a culture, and I'm going to show a diagram that we showed in the first podcast, and I hope we can come back to it because I have found it to be so, so helpful in in my understanding of what we do. 
And uh, just as I'm trying to find this document, I just want to remind everybody that there is an article on discipleship.org, and it actually talks about what I personally learned from Shadonke about this. You see, what was happening is I was trying to understand culture, and I ran this diagram by Shadonke, and what happened is he told me that it needed to be formed where behaviors were more important than narrative and how we talk about it. So, Shadonke, this is the, di- the diagram that I created after you talked to me. So let me mm-hmm. just tell about the three parts and tell how it was before and then how you changed my mind. Okay? So at the core of a disciple-making church are values and core beliefs. These are the things that we believe to be true. So the values and core beliefs are what we believe, what truly matters to us. They're not the things we say value, but the things that really do. Then I had it. The next thing is narrative, how we talk about ourselves, our language descriptions and sayings, our story as a church or our story as churches and the stories we tell that back up our values and beliefs. So, for example, if our value is we want to be disciples and make disciples, then as North Americans, we often move to we talk about it. We say, hey, I want to be a disciple and I want to make disciples. And, you know, I really want to form a discipling group. And we can tend, we can tend to talk about it a lot. And then thirdly, when we first did this, we had behaviors. So these are the disciplines that create habits, habits that create lifestyles, and lifestyles that reflect behaviors. And of course, it, you want to have congruency uh, throughout the whole church on these things. And yet, you got to be intentional about it. So, what happened is Shadonke talked to me about nobody. People have to obey and practice things sometimes before they even understand, or we can persuade them of those things. So, that rocked my world, but it really caused me to say, I've been too flexible. And uh, in disciple making, I needed to go back to, hey, we're going to do it this way and this way only. And even if you don't understand it, we need you to do it this way. So having said that, Shadonke, why don't you jump in, brother, and talk to us about how you've learned these things. And just if you've never, uh, if you're with us and you've never met Shadonke or heard his story, God is using Shadonke in West Africa to literally change not just one nation, Sierra Leone, but nations. There, uh, there's only like two or three people in the whole world that I think are in the same category as Shadonke personally, that I trust their wisdom and experience and uh, the disciple-making movements that they lead are undescribable. So, Shadonke, thank you for being with us. Yeah, thank you very much, Bobby. Thank you. Yes, um, well, you, you really st- said it all. I think one of the things that is very important is that uh, many times when we want to get into disciple making, we underestimate uh, some of the things that underline it. We really, at times, there's so much underestimation because we just think it's another program. Many people would think it's another program 
Uh, many people think, oh, this is an old thing. I know about it. And so we kind of, one of the first thing we go to is our strategies. We try to lay out strategies, how to achieve this. I mean, I have nothing against strategy. Strategy has a place, but it is, it is very important that if we choose to make disciples, you know, the value system is very important. You know, how, how are you going to create that value system? How is the value system going to look like? Because it is what you are going to coach them in. It's, that is the way they are going to become in the long run. And today, that's why not that there are a lot of people doing great discipleship. But one of the things you realize is that the values, the system that they build in the discipleship system, you know, has allowed, it does not give a room to rapid multiplication. Many times the disciples are there. They have knowledge. They have wisdom. But the, the values they put in them was to get more knowledge, get, you know, more understanding. But yet there's no reproduction. And so because that's the value system, it's what you put in, that's what you're going to get out. So it's the values are important. And those values have to be based on what Jesus said to us. When he sent out those 12 guys, those disciples, sorry, when he sent them out, the thing is that he wanted them to go among every tribe. Go make disciples of every nation or every tribe, every tribe. Make sure that disciples are made from every tribe. So he sent them to target tribes or nations as we have it in interpretation. Now, so it, it is important by saying nations, he was saying to them, I'm not sending you to just one spe specific book. I'm not spending, sending you to one specific uh, 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 a segment of the population. But I want you to reach out that when this thing is done among the tribe, then that is going to form, you know, an army of people who believe, who make disciples, who make disciples. And, and, and he, he made the foundation for them. He created the value system from them, from the onset. And now it was time for them to go out and practice it. So I think it's also very important as we start, I tell people in disciple making, what do you want to achieve? What type of disciples do you want to raise? You know, how do you want to see the productivity of your disciples? What influence do you want these disciples to have? You know, in their own families, in their communities and beyond their communities. This is important. And all of those things go into your value system. It is very, very important. And this will happen from the onset. It's not something you're going to do when you have no. It should happen on the onset. From the day you begin the coaching, the mentoring, the telling of the stories or the practices, these things have to be, it has to be clear. It has to be very clear in a way. I mean, you don't need to give them a 10-page note. I mean, in a simple way, very simple, but at the same time, the practices that follow. Is what is important because once they get this, is going to that is going to inform their behavior. It's going to inform their behavior. And one of the things I tell people is that when I try to coach disciples, there's this common word. I try to get it into their blood. You know, just get it into their bloodline. Let it be in their blood. Once it's there, I'm telling you, whether you are there or not, they are going to run with this. I think Jesus, that's what he did. He just tried to get this disciple-making system in the blood of his disciples. Once he was there and he told them, you know, I'm going to leave this great commission with you. I'm going to leave you to go into the world. I know they themselves did not believe in themselves. They themselves did not have a confidence. But after the day of Pentecost, we all know that after the day of Pentecost, it became a different story. It became a different story. So I, I believe that is why when we have to be very intentional and do no apologies, you know, people who want to be part of it will be part of it. Those who are not ready to be part of it, 
could not be part of it. So, but there's no apologies. You know, we have to get it right by starting with a value system, and that is going to inform their behavior. Every disciple have um, a, 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 a behavior that the disciple is supposed to do. This is only talking about character, but what are those innate traits that you can find in the behavior of a disciple? For example, you know, the disciple, it becomes the, the DNA of the disciple to spend quality time in the presence of God. They just want to do that because it's not something you have to tell them. It becomes their return. It becomes their life. Wherever they go, whether they travel, whether they're on the road, whether they're in the hotels, wherever, the first thing when they wake up in the morning, they want to have this quality time with the Father. They want to stay in the presence of the Father because it is very important that they stay, they renew every day. We normally say that yesterday's anointing is not enough for today's challenges. So you need to go back to him. Jesus showed us that he displayed that in his, in his, in his, his behavior every morning. The Bible said he will go out to pray. While the rest of the disciples were sleeping, he will go out to pray. Why? He wanted to stay in the presence of the Lord. And, and again, there are a lot of discipleship programs where it is all about the programs. It's all about the strategies. So that's what the disciples have. So when they wake up in the morning, they're trying to think, what strategy I'm going to use? What program am I going to use? But I want us to do it the Jesus way. First, go before him. That's really good. Cool. So I have a question on that. So um, I think in America, the, the question you probably get it a lot is like, okay, now I want to know what you do so I can do what you do so we can get the result that you got. So that's, a, that's the question that is like so tempting to ask, right? We want, but what's the question we should be asking you? Like, what do you wish people would ask you? I think... For me, if, if what people, I want people to ask me is that, you know, how do I practice these things? Where did you learn this in the first place? Maybe so that we can go back to the world. And then what, what, is an, an, what is the fear behind this? What is the power behind this? Because it is the power behind it that will determine how people are going to do it. And the power is Jesus and his word and his practices. And these are all in the scripture. I mean, these are all in the scripture. You just look at him every day when I wake up, I say, I want to be more like Jesus. I just want to be more like him. And how? In the way he spent time with his father, in the presence of his father. And so I encourage people, don't do it the way Shudanki did it. Do it the way Jesus did it. You know, practice the what Jesus practiced. Spend time with his father. Spend quality time. He did it on a daily basis. So do it on a daily basis. Raise your disciples to do it on a daily basis. Because that's how Jesus did it. You know, it is very important that this become one of the habits of good disciples. Spend quality time in the word and in prayer before the Lord. He spent time in the word. He spent time in prayer. Of course, in the word in the sense is that we do not have the Bible as we have it today. But because what he said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. And the Father won. But look at the way he gave his stories. Look at the way he gave his instructions. And people said, we have never seen anything like this. I mean, everywhere, wherever he spoke, this man speaks with so much wisdom. He speaks with so much authority and power. We have never seen anything like this. You, you, I mean, you see that repeated in the, in the, maybe among those that oppose him. So they had no other way. They said, no, this is, he's doing it because he, he's, he has contact with demons. You know, he's getting his powers from demons because they could not contain or understand where this power is coming from. Mm. So if you ask me, I would say, 
you know, do it the way Jesus did it. And how? Spend quality time in his presence. That's good. Can David say one thing I seek after that I would do? Hmm. That I would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Hey. You know, if that's one thing, it's seeking. Yes, that becomes of the, the, the behavior, the practice, you know, of, of disciple makers, disciples and disciple makers. Hey, uh, Shinonke, uh, uh, let me just jump in here, Matt. Yes. Okay. So <clears throat> one of the things that Shinonke does is he has a very extensive prayer life, like what he's talking about to get the power. And he'll, he will teach his disciples how to do what he does. Something hit me, Shadonke, about as you were talking to me about getting people to do things even before they fully understand them. I actually have to tell you, I, I think it was God. So it was uh, earlier in, I think it was in June, I was trying to articulate this myself and understand it better. And in the middle of the night, I had a dream. By the way, this is not like me, what I'm about to tell you, but I had a dream about. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And it describes habits and lifestyles. And I woke up in the morning and I went to the text and I saw what it says. And it's it's a verse that every all of our listeners probably know. It talks about the early church. Right after the early church has started, all these 3,000 people are baptized. Then it says this in Acts 2, 42. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. And, and so when I was having my dream, it was about that word devoted. So what happened is I woke up the next morning, and I looked at that word, and it's pros cartereo, pros, uh, I'm sorry, pros cartereo, and it means to persist in adhering to a thing to be intently engaged in, to attend constantly to. And I realized, that's it. They, they were committed to, they adhered to, they constantly devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. And that's, it was those habits that were so essential to their being disciples. Uh, Shiranki, if you can comment on that. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, you've just hit the, the, the nail on the head right there. I think that is, that is the starting point. And, and you know that these guys came from that point, and then all of a sudden, they will stand there and God will begin to use them, pour out, you know, the things that God poured out to them. Because yeah. it was in that secret place that they were able to cultivate character. It was in that secret place they were able to cultivate power. It was in that secret place that they were able to cultivate the wisdom of God and how to go about it. And in that secret place, they emptied themselves so they were not leaning on themselves. They were not leaning on their own understanding any longer, not on their strategic plan, five-year or ten-year strategic plan. They were leaning on God. And because they leaned on Him, He directed their steps. And so the rest became history. And I think it is very important with our intellectualism, living in the 21st century, where we have so much books. I mean, great. You, we read all of this. But we should first go to him and then these other things. To him first and then these other things that are going to add to that knowledge that is given us. It is very, very important. But what we have done now is that we go to these other things first. And then later we just come to him so that he will 
we have the stamp of God, the approval of God. And, and so this, this, is a, this is a challenge. And so we have to create a culture in the service and encourage them, as you said, in what Acts 2.42 says, that this, we spend time, you know, breaking bread together in fellowship, spend time in the presence of God, you know, spend time in the Word and in prayer. These are habits of people, of disciples and disciple makers and people who have a movement mindset. Who want to see disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples? This should be the mindset. And then you know it's not about you. It's no longer about you. It's all about him. So you take the pressure from yourself and you put the pressure on him. It is very important. He can take that pressure and then he will lead you. So it is so important as, as we jump into the whole issue of discipleship. You know, it's not so much about all the plans that we lay out there. It's about how, what is it telling us? And that's how I start my day. What is God telling me? I mean, what am I learning from His Word? What are the things I'm writing out of His Word? And with those things, I am armed for the day as I face the day. And I know that it, it keeps it in my mind, it's in my blood already that I am in the disciple-making movement business. I am supposed to make disciples. That's what I am wired for. That is what I am living for. And that is what I give my whole strength and energy for. And so he gives us the wisdom how to go about it. When we spend time before him, now what happens is that the other thing begins to fall in place. He begins to bring, because he's the Lord of the harvest. Remember he told his disciples, you know, he said, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. But pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers. He did not say, go out looking for laborers. You pray to him. He's going to send the laborers. The only thing I tell people is that be prepared for the type of laborers he's going to send. He might not send the laborers you are looking for. He might not send the laborers that, that are in your own small qualification book. He's going to send the laborers that fit his own description, that he knows that when these laborers are trained and coached, they will go anywhere with his word. So it is very important. And he will bring the laborer. It is very important for us to note that. You were talking about putting the pressure back on God. You know, we hear people say, well, I would talk to my neighbor, but what if they ask me this hard question? Or what if I don't know the answer? Or, you know, it's like all the pressure is on us. It's like we forgot the job that he gave us, which is just be faithful. You know, like how, how do we help people put God's job back on God and our job back on us? How do, how do we do what you're saying to help put that pressure back on God and, and just relieve ourselves of all that? Yeah, I, I think that the one way we do that is, you know, when we go back to John chapter 15, he said to his disciples, without me, you can do nothing. You cannot bear fruit without me. If truly we're going to bear fruit for him and for his kingdom, a fruit that will remain, a fruit that will last, you know, then we have to, the way we put the pressure, we just bring everything to him in prayer. The hymn writers say, you know, what needless pains we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So you, so we be at those needless pain. We bring it to him. God, I want to reach out to my neighbors. So 10 neighbors, I've already, these are the names. We are even personal. I know God knows the names, but from the human point, God, these are the names. I, I want to reach out to them. God, touch their hearts. God, just go ahead and touch their heart for me. Father God, just touch their heart. Because the, the heart of the king lies in the hands of the Lord. And like a river, he can sow it in every direction. So I'm asking for Mr. Jones. I'm asking for Mr. Johnson that you would touch Mr. Johnson's heart. Go, go ahead of me today. And just create the opportunity, you know, that when I reach out, God, it will be there. And honestly, I have seen situations like this. So rather than you begin to worry about how my neighbor is going to receive this, you soak it to God 
And you take the bold step. Faith without action is dead. Now you are taking the action. You already believe. And you go out there, you'll be surprised the way Mr. Jones is going to respond that day. You'll be completely surprised how he's going to receive you. But again, if Mr. Jones responds negatively, you know, it's not, it's not about you. It's about God. Say, oh, thank you very much. At least I did my part. And this is how he responded. Maybe the next time again, I will try. But the, so the, the issue is that I'm not going to take it personal. I will never take anything personal. Some people, that's our problem. We take it so personal, thinking that, oh, I've failed, or this thing did not respond. No, no, I don't take it personal. It's all about him. Mm. You know, in the field, because this is his business. Yes. I am in his business. He's the CEO of the company. Yeah. <laughs> I am just taking orders from him. And so as a disciple maker, that's who I am. So the burden is really with him. And I know because he's a God, when he makes a promise, he fulfills it. I know that he will fulfill his promise. He's either saying, you wait or no. All these are answers. Or, you know, yes, I'm going to do it now. So, but whatever it is, whatever way, the pressure is not on me. Mm. The pressure is not on the disciples. Shonke, what, what was it for you that got your faith to that point? Because, I mean, at some point, at some point you had to be stretched or challenged something. I mean, was it always that way or what was it that, Again, I, I believe faith, faith is just something that grows. And that's another thing. No. Um, when we are coaching disciples, when we're making disciples, we, we ex- some of us have this expectation that this man should become, you know, so great overnight. No, but there are a lot of things that is going to come their way that is going to help the growth process. In as much as you are coaching them and mentoring them, it can be failures in their lives. And so we, we, we inbuilt failure that they will fail. But here we, we coach them to continue to, 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 to do what God has called them to do. Oh, we all know the disciples, how much rancor they had, how many problems those disciples had among themselves. Quite about position, who is the greatest among us, and they misunderstand. Even when Jesus would perform a miracle, they misunderstand it. But they kept on growing little by little. So they grow by, by their times, their failure. They grow by ongoing coaching. You just continue to coach and mentor. They grow by ongoing encouragement. There are times challenges that come their way. And that's what happened to me. I faced so much challenges. And then, you know, I was able to grow by real challenges. And, and, and then I saw the hand of God. Another thing that really helped me is that because I have always kept my journal. You know, I've always kept a spiritual journal. When I spend some time, for example, if I wake up, let's say I wake up by two or by three, wherever I am in the world, in my journal, I'm, I'm writing, okay, it was 2.45 in my journal. And then the date. And then where I am, it's America, it's California. Even the town, I write it. Just in my journal. And when I wait on the Lord and the Lord is saying something, or some of the things I commit to the Lord, I write it down. So when I see the Lord, when I see these things come to pass, I know it's not, it was not me. It's just Him. So all of those things increase my faith. In the quality time I spent with Him in the world. And I, so I read about characters. I saw what happened in their lives, in the life of Abraham, the life of Isaac and Jacob, and all of those things that happened. So when I face these things, you know, I said, okay, God, yes. I, this guy's face it and they were able to, to weather the storm. So God, I know I weather the storm too. So when I begin to coach my disciples, I bring these things also out to them so that it becomes part mm-hmm. and parcel, you know, their own life. Wow. Wow. So there, there was, so you're, you were discipled by the people in the Bible. Oh, in very much. I mean, that very much. Be, but there wasn't, a, there wasn't as much of a flesh and blood person walking you and showing you that as much. 
it, it was all from the world. I had wow. some people in my life, but it was really those characters in the world, wow. those things I saw in the world. And for example, for me, you know, I, I from the onset, my, 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 my example, my, my, my coach, my mentor was Jesus. Yeah. You know, I just looked at the life of this man yeah. and I just saw how he responded when he was, when he was criticized. How did he respond? You know, I looked at those things and I saw how he responded, you know, as he waited on the Lord and as he took, as he was going through pain, how the time he spent with his disciples, how they misunderstood him, if he's disciples, how they were slow to understand. And all of those things helped me as I looked at each, it helped me so much, you know, to grow my own faith, but not only that to also coach my disciples to do the same. And, you know, Paul talks about having the mind of Christ, being in the image or the likeness of Christ, having the attitude of Christ. He says in Galatians that I'm, I'm, I'm laboring as if in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. So I just throw it out there. Like, it sounds to me like from what you're saying that disciple making culture looks a lot like Jesus. And that's what it is. That's what it is. And like Paul said, we do this until Christ is formed in us. Until we come to, the, you know, all of us starts from a place of no fruit. Again, you go back to John 15, no fruit. And then we begin to bear some fruit. And, and from the process of no fruit to fruit bearing, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a walk. There are times there's a pain. There are so many experiences you get in between. And then from fruit, you begin to get more fruit. From more fruit, you begin to get much fruit. And then from much fruit, you begin to get everlasting fruits. Mm. In other words, fruits that will remain. So these are all process. It's not something that is built overnight. And this process may include pain. It can include disappointment. It can include rejection. It can, I mean, so many things are in between this process. But what is important? Our eyes is fixed on him. You know, uh, it is said that many people fail not because of lack of resources, not because of lack of things around their support structures, but they fail because of lack of focus. Because of fear, because of lack of focus. A lot of people, they're not focused on him, not focused on his word. You know, not focused in the thing that he said. And if we're going to be disciples, we're going to be disciple makers, effective and successful disciple makers, we should focus on him, focus on his word, focus on the power of his Holy Spirit inside of us. Mm. That should be our focus. Yeah. All we're seeing outside the world, I mean, if they're screaming and shouting, we can shut our ears to that and just focus on him and sit at his feet as uh, Mary sat on, at his feet and just take from him every day. Wow. Every day becomes our habit. It becomes our life. And he, the rest he will begin to put in place. You have to go. I, I believe in strategy. I do strategy. I do simple goals. Simple goals. You know, I go before God and ask him, Lord, what, what, what do you want me to do this year? What do you want me to do? You know, for you, God. It's not about me. What do you want me to do? And I have my pen, I have my book. And when I begin to feel the leading of the Holy Spirit, I begin to write these things. And when I finish, I organize them into simple goals. It also becomes my, my, my prayer point. So every day when I have the simple goals, I now bring it back to God as a prayer point. Father, you told me that God, I'm believing God for 50 house churches this year. And so God, I just believe you for it. And I thank you, God, I bring it back to you. By myself, I cannot do it. I don't have the strength. I don't have the resources. God, I don't have even... The, the laborers, but God, you have all of this. So I bring it back to you. I am believing God, Father, oh Lord. I'm believing God 
for, for 200 baptisms. By, by what you told me, it's 200 baptisms. So these simple things become also a prayer point. So they are not only simple goals, they have now also become a prayer point that I lift up to him every day. And I don't just lift it up and sit down. I step out every day looking for these things that I've asked God for. And I'm telling you, the doors begin to open. The doors just open to the places where you go. So that those 50 churches here sent good old disciples, it's going to happen. Those 200 baptisms is going to happen. The doors just begin to open because, you know, I did not do it and bring it to him. I went to him first and had to seek his face. Hmm. So, you know, and then by the leading of the Holy Spirit, I was able to write down these things and now has become something that we'll pray for. And every year when we make these goals, we have surpassed those goals far more than what we think. And that's where he can do exceedingly abundantly far more than we can even think or imagine. So, but it is very important for every disciple maker to know, to come to that place that of course, we, this has to form our value system. It's very important for you to become, you know, our behavior every now and then just very important. And then it becomes our language every day. Great. Becomes our language. And once we begin to do this, this form of our culture, so you become, you, 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 you have this disciple-making culture. So when you sit down, you're speaking the language, you're acting, you have the behavior and the values are there. And this is what you pass on to one generation to another generation. Oh, that's awesome. We just have a couple of minutes left here. Can you give a word of encouragement to people who maybe are hearing all this going, well, my people are distracted. They're on their phone all day, you know, whatever. They, they come to church once a month. It's like, man, how am I going to turn the ship? Can you give a word of encouragement to people who are listening or watching? Yeah, I, I, I want to encourage everyone. We are living in a world, Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Discipline, says we are living in a jet set age. You know, we are living in a jet set age where everything is going very fast. But God has not changed. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. I believe that we can go to that God that has not changed. And one, begin to pray for your disciples. Pray for them. Pray for those flocks that God has entrusted into your hands. Remember, you don't own them. He has entrusted them into your hands. So go back to him and pray for them. Pray for them that the Lord will, will touch their heart. And so that the, their, their hearts will be committed, their minds will be committed and they'll be open. That's one thing you pray for, for total commitment. You know, you also, it's also very important for you to ask God to give you the wisdom, how to go out, how to really deal with the people that he has given me. You know, you know, Moses, he said, I mean, Solomon prayed, he said, God, who can lead these people without you giving him wisdom? Who can lead people like you? No man can lead. The, the challenge we have is that we want to lead others with just our own natural wisdom, our natural knowledge. We have to lead them with the wisdom of God because he created them. He knows that God gave me the wisdom. I need wisdom and discernment. Hmm. I need knowledge that comes from you how to lead these people. I'm also praying the next thing that you need to do is that God give me the strengths, the ability. I need the patience that I need in the world to deal with them. I mean, God is such a patient God. He's such a patient God. Moses, yes, Moses said to God, if you can't go with me, I'm not going to go. Don't even ask us to go if you're not going with us. So every day, tell God, God, if you're not going to do this, don't ask me to do it because I'm not even going to do it. So he's a patient God. So these are all things that we, we Ask God for, for those that God have entrusted into your hands. Honestly, and then one thing that is very important, if they are not the right people, you ask God, please God, I pray that you will show me the harvest. What do you want me to do? Bring more people from the harvest field. You bring them and God will begin to bring more people. But I believe that if he has called you, he's going to lead you. He's not only going to lead you, he's going to use you. Amen. And he will use you beyond your own capacity. 
beyond what you have ever thought of. He will wow. use you. And when he uses you, anoints you, I'm telling you, he will, he will just bring the people to you and the doors will be open. Because when he closes the door, nobody opens. But when he opens the door, nobody closes. Exactly. And know that wow. you can start from a place of no fruits to fruits, to more fruits, to much fruit and everlasting fruit. That is it. And I encourage you, he is with us. He will not leave us, let us forsake us. The road may be tough, but he's still with us. Love it. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. That's a perfect thought to end on. Appreciate yes. you, Bobby, jumping in here and Shadonke for the interview. I've been very encouraged. I'll go back and watch it again. I've been taking some notes because I'm just, just soaking in what you're saying. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me today, everybody. Up next, you're going to be hearing from Brandon Gindon. He's going to be talking about what is most important within the disciple-making culture. And if you're interested in a visual guide of disciple-making culture, check out the description in the show notes, and you'll be able to download a free resource on disciple-making culture. If you're also interested in hearing more from Shidanke Johnson, please join us this May at our National Disciple-Making Forum, and it's themed, you guessed it, Disciple-Making Culture. Head on over to discipleship.org to get your tickets, and I look forward to seeing you all this coming May. All right, everybody, thanks so much for joining me today, and I hope that you have a great rest of your day.